you're welcome to Faith to Faith Broadcast with Pastor T.B. Peters. Enjoy the dynamic teaching, preaching, and miracle ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the president and pioneer of Renaissance Assembly. This message will take you from where you are to where you are to be. Get ready for transformations. Making the message of around the world by the power of the Holy Spirit. After salvation... There is a responsibility on the believer to come into the knowledge of the truth. The same Paul was speaking along these lines in the third chapter of 2 Timothy. He said, ever learning, talked about a group of you, verse 7. Ever learning and not able to come to the knowledge of the truth. These people are ever learning, hallelujah. That means that the purpose of learning Amen. Is to what? Is to come into the knowledge of the truth. You know, so I will attempt to give you what I call a foundational understanding of why we need, why God wants us to command resources. Amen. Before we start talking about commanding resources, that foundational understanding. Why does God want us to command resources? Why did God ever want man to command resources? Maybe that will help us. So, so let me start by saying this. Let's read 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8. I open with that scripture. In 2 Corinthians 9 8, it says there, KJV, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That you, always having all sufficiency in all things. Amen. Those scriptures make me jump inside. May abound to every good work. Anything God is able to do, I am willing to receive. I'll say that again. Anything God is able to do, I am willing to receive. Say it. So if God can do it, I'm willing to receive it. So now I hear that He's able to make all grace abound toward me. So I am willing to receive all grace. And then it tells me the effect of all grace abounding towards me that I will have all sufficiency in all things. It means in thing number one, I can have all of it. In thing number two, I can have all. Are you understanding me? All sufficiency in all things. Why should I limit myself if God has decided to show up as unlimited? If God has not limited himself in my life, why should I limit him? I don't know about you, but I'm ready for all things. And I'm ready for all sufficiency in all things. Glory to God. Are we together? Now, from here, I began to talk to you about 
commanding resources. That means God is able. Now, the last part says make it, um, that you may abound unto every good work. That means that anywhere that you are required to do anything, you can do your part. You are always available to do your part. The only way that can happen is that you are a commander of resources. Amen. But, let's just give you some foundational understanding. The first thing I want you to understand is the source of all resources. Hallelujah. Everybody say the source of all resources. <laughs> In Genesis 1, verse 1 and 2. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Some renders will say the heavens. Then it says, and the earth. Verse 2. And the earth that he created was without form. Some renders will put it this way, and I accept that, and say, and the earth became. Amen. Alright. It became. It became. Without form. That means something happened. So it became without form. When something is without form, it means it has no shape. Are you with me? But the next word is the thing I want to focus on. And what? Void. Never say void. Void means empty. Never say empty. Okay. That means that it says the earth was without form and void. Or reading it in the context in which it is, the earth became without form and void. And, and, and darkness was upon the face of deep. So what happened? The Spirit of God began to move. Why was He moving? To fill the void. Amen. Are we together? So how did He fill the void? Let there be lights. So, the source of all resources is what I want to show you. So the earth became without form and void. There's a scripture in Isaiah 45, verse 18. Put it up. It tells us that when God created the earth, He didn't create it empty. KJV used the word vain, tohu in Hebrew, which meant that it wasn't uh, waste. It wasn't a wasteland. It wasn't an empty space. Alright? For thus said the Lord that created the heavens, God Himself that formed the earth and made it. He had established it. He created it not to who created it not empty amen he formed it to be inhabited glory to god that means that when he created the earth he put resources within it are you with me the earth was not created void when we talk about resources we're talking about um, things that could be beneficial for use amen so god endowed the earth with resources. Resources for man. I know some of you know natural resources, right? There are natural resources, right? For example, some places have oil. Uh, some have gold and uh, diamonds. Are you understanding me? Those are resources. Those are resources. So, God endowed the earth with resources. But I also want you to know 
that he didn't just endow the earth with resources. He also made available supernatural, not just natural resources, but supernatural resources to man. Hmm. The scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 14. Let's look at it for a moment. Deuteronomy 10 14. He said, Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens <laughs> is the Lord's thy God. The earth also with all that therein is. God is saying, I'm the owner of all resources. Amen. He is the source of all resources. Listen, this understanding has to be strong in your heart too. Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens. You don't say the heaven of heavens. You know, the language of scripture is very important. The scripture talks about, and you used to put plural heavens. That means there is more than one place called heaven. Or layers. At least we know that where God dwells is called the third heaven. If there is a third, then there is first. And second, if you say, this is my third wife. <laughs> what does it mean? <laughs> there is the first and second wife. Is that not so? So, he said the third heavens. So, there is the first and second. So that's what he meant by it. That's why it's called the heaven of heavens. Glory to God. He said, behold the heaven, and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's. That's nobody can claim ownership of it. Then he said, the earth also, with all the resources of the earth, amen, all that therein is, belongs to him. Let me just give you another scripture. You see, these scriptures are very important. Psalm 24 verse 1, amen. In Psalm 24 verse 1, I'll read KJV and then I'll read NLT. In the King James Version, let's read together, I want to go. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. God is claiming ownership. He's saying he's the source, he's the owner of all things. You have to accept that. Your heart has to accept that. You have to believe and accept that. That is where the Understanding of your role starts from first knowing who owns it. Because there is a stewardship that we're called into. But we have to first know who is boss. Glory to God. The NLT, I love how NLT puts it. Let's read together. I want to go. The earth is the Lord's and what? And everything in it. The world and all its people belong to Him. Amen. Say, God owns everything. See, that's why God can share it how he likes. Amen. He said that Jerusalem belongs to the Jewish people. It doesn't matter how many Palestinians are crying. Amen. He is the owner of all things. That's why God will talk to Abraham, walking through a place, Canaan, passing through a place. People are living there. People have built houses. They are farming. They are working. They are running business. God says, this land I have given to you. God did not take permission from the people. Amen. To say, I want to hand over. He said, no, I have given it to you. <laughs> he says, you are from here, stand. As far as your eyes can see, I have given to you. Who does that? The owner. Amen. <laughs> and God owes nobody apologies for how he decides to handle what he owns. Listen, let this revelation be strong in your heart. 
Because if you don't understand it from this concept, you will be, uh, you know, some people, are, listen to me. Be careful of being, trying to be politically correct. Political correctness can be spiritual error. Are you listening to me? It can be spiritual and scriptural error. Because sometimes you just want to, you want to say the right thing. You want to talk the right thing. What do you think about uh, homosexuality? He said, well, it depends on your disposition. You know, some of us were born that way. Have you seen a dog that was born that way? Have you seen a goat that was born that way? Why is it only you, human being, that was born that way? We are yet to see a homosexual goat. We are yet to see a homosexual lizard. He knows female. Amen. Are you listening to me? The Bible says that the things God created, from then you can understand the way God works. There's a consistency. Are you understanding me? So sometimes in trying to be politically correct, people start compromising. Compromise, that's it. He said, well, 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 if a, a, a chief comes to your house, at least, I, know, I don't drink alcohol, but because he's a chief that comes to my house, so I'll just give him some Hennessy, you know, because he's a chief. When you go to the chief's house, does he give you scriptures? Does he give you Holy Spirit? Amen. Hello? Don't try to be politically correct. And that's why I'm reading the scripture to you also. To know that God can do and undo. Did you hear me? He can do and undo. And he owes nobody an apology. God owes nobody an explanation. Hello? Someone asks, God, God cannot lie. I say, yes. The reason why God cannot lie is that anything he says will happen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. If you stand and say, I am alive, he says, you are dead. <laughs> that becomes the truth now. Amen. You die the death. So stop relating with God like someone that, you know, you know, there are some people that they have been fighting for their rights. They're not starting fighting for their rights with God. Aluta spirits. <laughs> Go and do it at Lekki Tollgate. Are you listening to me? So, I, I just digress to establish that. So, the earth is the Lord's. Go back to NLT. Let me read it. Let it sink. Let's read it together in NLT. One to go. 
The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. That's why the crude oil belongs to the Lord. If believers will say, me too, I want oil block, they will have oil block. Amen. It's because some believers have not understood that the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. They behave like somebody else owns it. Then they are supposed to beg for it. They are supposed to ask for it. They are supposed to, you know, take whatever they are given. No, we don't take whatever we are given. Maybe you have not understood what Jesus did for us. And so that's why what I'm teaching you in Commanding Resources is not a prosperity message. It's more than a prosperity message. It's an inheritance revelation on inheritance. Amen. Are you listening to me? It's more than having money. If you think it's about money, then you're mistaken. Now, let me explain it this way. You see, what is, what is God... See, there are different kinds of messages. There are messages for baby Christians. Where you are trying to assure them of their salvation. Are you understanding me? Someone just got born again. He has to know what it means for salvation. What salvation means. But, ultimately... What is he preparing us for? Um, let's go to Ephesians 4. Um, let me read from verse 12, I believe. Amen. Um, 12. 12. I, I don't know if I will need earlier verses. Uh, KJV. Go back to KJV. Mm. I think it starts... Uh, okay. Go to 13. Let me just see something. I'm thinking whether I should read up or read down. Okay, thank you. Let's start from 12. He talked about the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor. What is their role? For the perfecting of the saints. Some translations say the maturing of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Did you see that? Verse 13. Till. Anyway, you see the word till. It is with time. Everybody say time. Till we all come in the unity of the faith, follow it, and of the knowledge of the Son of God, unto what? A perfect man. Then I love the last part. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That means there is a picture that God wants to achieve. There is a model, a standard that God wants to bring us to. Why is he bringing us to this standard? I would say for governance. Say for governance. God wants to govern through you and me. Amen. Are we together? Never forget that. Um, our key text for this year, when we talk about reigning, I think I read from First Corinthians 15. If I'm not mistaken, it should be verse 26. Um, try, check it, please. First. Corinthians 15, 26. 1 Corinthians 15, 26. Okay. No, it's not 26. He will reign until. I just want to read you exact scripture. Thank you. 25. For he must reign. Who must reign? Jesus. Till he had put all enemies 
under his feet. That means the reigning is not supposed to ever stop. Hallelujah. He must reign till he puts all enemies under his feet. But okay, he's not here. How is he reigning? Glory to God. Are you listening to me? How is he reigning? Psalm 110 from verse 1 to 4 had already told us something. 1 to 3 had told us something. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit down at my right hand until I make thy enemies thy footstool. Then he said, how will it happen? The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of the church. Amen. Out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. That means that this reign of Christ will happen with, through us. Amen. We will hold ground until the church is taken away for a while. And then the phase that needs to happen without us will happen for about seven years. And then we will return with Christ and reign for a thousand years. Amen. Are we together? But see, God is training us to reign. Amen. It's a preparation for governance. What is governance? Governance is exercising power, authority on behalf of um, a nation, an institution. Are you understanding me? You're exercising authority. Now, there are certain things that must be in place for you to be able to govern. If you can't even govern your own life, Amen. Are you understanding what I'm saying? You can't govern your own space. Why are we teaching you God's word? Why are you taught God's word? Is it so that when you go out there, you tell somebody, this is not about memory verse. No. It's training for governance. It's preparing you to govern. That God can know that in that place, he doesn't have to worry because you are there. That is the manifestation of the sons of God that the NS expectation of creature is waiting for. Amen. The NS expectation is waiting for the manifestation of those that have come to govern. They have taken charge. Lift your hand and say, God is preparing me for governance. Say, God is preparing me for rulership. Have you not read the scripture? He said, He has made you kings and priests unto God. He said, You are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation. That you will show forth the praise of him that called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. First Peter 2.9 That means there's something God wants to do through you. For governance. So you, you have to know how to handle authority. How to manage authority. And power. No king can reign without the, understanding the dynamics of power and the dynamics of authority. You can reign. Let me show you something. In Galatians 4, verse 1. I'll read down from verse 1. Look at what the scripture said. He said, Galatians 4, 1, please. 
Now I say that the heir, who is the heir? The heir is the one that has been appointed as the custodian of the inheritance. Amen. The heir, as long as he is a child, as long as he has not grown to maturity, he is not different from a servant, even if he is lord of all. Are you understanding me? That means that, listen, God is not raising servants. He's raising sons. But these sons, if they don't grow, they will be carrying out their governance with a slave mentality. Why is the teaching of righteousness very important? The teaching on righteousness is so important because you cannot reign if your confidence is shaky. Your confidence in God. Your confidence in who you are in Him. Amen. You can't reign. You know this kind of thing. Have you seen a son that they told to be in charge of the firm? I don't know what the microphone is going up and down. Amen. Praise the Lord. A son that is they told or gave the control of the family business. And then now he's the CEO. The father is the chairman. Alright? And the father is still alive, but he's left the day-to-day running of business to the son as the CEO. Imagine he has been CEO. Then one day, document comes that that chairman is not his real father. Do you know that his voice in that company will be weak? Because the children that are the true sons, or even those that are not even, they say, okay, so what extra right do you have to be CEO? We know that they made you CEO because you are the August uh, son. Are you understanding me? Now that you are not the August son again, uh, uh, are, are you understanding me? People start challenging your right to be there. Am I communicating? So if the fellow is not sure he is the son of the man, his confidence to run the company is affected already. God knows. That's why I said that breastplate of righteousness. Amen. You must put it on. Glory to God. Because when you start trying to govern, Satan will go for the things that will make you question your, 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 your relationship with God. You'll question, you know, listen. God will never condemn you. Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. Amen. To them that are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. But your heart can condemn you. Hello? Did you hear what I said? Your heart can condemn you and does condemn you. So it is that heart that has to be fixed Trusting the Lord. Glory to God. It is that heart that has to be trained in righteousness. If not, from time to time, your heart will condemn you. Your heart will condemn you. Especially if that heart is not full of God's word. It will condemn you. You say you are a Christian. (laughs) You are just laughing anyhow. Is that how Christians used to laugh? You know, say, come let me show you how Christians to laugh. They will now show you 
somebody laughing. He <laughs> said, yes, that's how Christians must laugh. Not ha, 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 ha. He said, oh God, forgive me for how I'm laughing carelessly in the name of Jesus. I arrange my laughter by the power of the Spirit. He's distracting you. While you are praying for arranging your laughter, you would have been praying for another thing. Now you are concerned. Listen, what does condemnation do to a believer? It steals your time. Amen? That's what it does. That's the aim. Distraction. Steal your time. So the time you have used to be doing something else, you are, you are fixing you. Glory to God. So, I don't know if you get what I'm talking about. So it's for governance. Go back to Galatians 4. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differed nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all that. He's lord, though, but he's not different from a servant because he's still a child. Listen, growth is a must. Amen. Say spiritual growth is a must. You cannot govern if you have not yielded yourself to spiritual growth. Let me put it this way. Okay, it will come out in this verse. Look at verse 2 so you understand it. It says, but he's under, this one, he's Lord of all, but he's under what? Tutors and governors until the time appointed of the Father. That means he's the heir, but he's still under tutors and governors. That means that there are certain things that can't be committed to him yet. Amen. Because he's still a child. Listen, commanding resources is a trust from God to us. Amen. He puts something in your hand. Amen. Meaning that you've proven yourself over time. It's under tutors until, until the time. This scripture lines up with the scripture that says, study to show yourself approved of God. That means God is the one that approves you. It's not approving your salvation. No, 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 no. It's approving that you are right to have this responsibility. Amen. Amen. So he said, until the time appointed of the Father. Listen, why do you think you don't enter into the things that you are supposed to do immediately? Because you grow into them. Praise the Lord. You grow into them. You grow into them. You can see a vision that God showed to you. And then it took six years. It took seven years. It took ten years. Why? That's how long it took you to grow into it. Some of you have had visions and dreams that have not come to pass yet. But they are authentic. Because you've not grown into them. That means there are people that God will give authority over one city. There are people God will give authority over ten cities. Are you understanding what I'm saying? That it comes from God. It's not by... It comes from God. So, all of this about resources, commanding resources, is God preparing you and I for governance. That he can trust you with authority. He can trust you with power. I, I preached a message once when I talked about salvation. 
And I called it the two sides of salvation. If some of you remember. I said salvation is like a coin. It has two sides. One side is relationship. The other side is responsibility. And I said salvation is both a relationship and a responsibility. Say it. Say salvation is a relationship and a responsibility. So salvation is a relationship with God that makes him give you a responsibility. So there are a lot of God's children. Now this scripture in Galatians 4 is talking about the responsibility side. Not the relationship side. The responsibility side. So when you're studying scriptures, you understand that there's a responsibility side. That means he has something in mind. For we are his workmanship. Ephesians 2.10 Created in Christ Jesus. Then he says, for what? Good works. Responsibility. Which he had prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Responsibility. Now, part of the responsibility is governance. Hallelujah. It's governance. How will God, in the Jesus Christ, in the 1,000 years of uh, millennial reign, 1,000 years, how will he, he said from Jerusalem is where the capital will be, physically. Some of you will be sent back to rule in NBC. The portion you'll be given charge of will be determined by what you have handled before. Amen. Are you listening to me? You think all the things we are doing here will not count? <laughs> Read your Bible very well. Read your Bible very well. Read your Bible very well. Listen. Everything you are doing here is the result you will use in eternity. Amen. Did you hear what I said? Is the result. You know that is what you got in secondary school that you enter, use and enter university. Is that not so? Uh-huh. That's how it is. It's the result in your lifetime that you use in eternity. Eternity is not a space. Or a condition where we are floating in nothingness. (laughs) No, 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 no. It's a real experience. Glory to God. A real experience. There are activities. (laughs) And responsibilities. Glory to God. Assignments. Are you with me? You know, some of you think that all the saints of old, Paul, Peter, they are just sitting down. Hallelujah. (laughs) <laughs> you think that's what's happening? <laughs> that's not what is happening at all. That's not what's happening. There's always something going on in heaven. That's why when the scripture said that, and there was silence in heaven, the Bible recorded it beginning that there's normally no silence in heaven. Amen. <laughs> Amen. It's a place of constant activity. Is there activity on earth? There's no activity on earth. I've told you, some of you that have been students under the Bible Academy, I told you, I said the spirit realm is more active than the physical realm. If God 
opens your eye for a second, what is going on in this hall, you will faint. Everybody seated though, but that's, that, there is movement. Are you understanding me? Because the realm of the spirit is active. So back to what I said. It is what you are doing now that will be used. God has a book of remembrance. Amen. Do you know he has a book of remembrance? I'm not talking about the book of life. God has several books. One is the book of life. There's another one. The book of what? Remembrance. Maybe I should read it to you. Malachi chapter 3 verse 16. I'm reading it for somebody. Amen. It says, then, they that feared the Lord spake often one to another. And the Lord hearkened, that was listened, and heard it. And what happened? And a book of remembrance was written before him. What was it written for? For them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Look. Um, the, the, Old Test, the Jewish people understood this because uh, if you read Esther's book of Esther, you see that's what happened with Mordecai. You remember the story? That the king said, go and bring the book of remembrance. That means there's a book where they record the acts of men. Are you understanding me? He said, go and bring it. So it is in that context that Malachi is sharing a revelation. When they brought the book, they started looking and then they saw something that this Mordecai had done before. Ah, what good did they do for this man that did this thing? He said, they didn't do anything. No, 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 no. We must do something for him. That's how, from time to time, God brings that book of remembrance. You didn't hear me well, though. From time to time, God opens the book of remembrance. That's why sometimes you just see that, you can't explain how something happened. The book was opened for you. And a book of remembrance was written before him for them that feared the Lord and that thought upon his name. Let's just read verse 17 down. Next verse, please. And they shall be mine, said the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spared his own son that served him. Next verse. I just want to show you something there. Then shall you return and descend between the righteous and the wicked. The last part. Between him that served God and him that served him not. That means that God did to be distinguished. Don't worry yourself. It will soon show. Praise the Lord. So there's that book of remembrance. That's why the Bible calls it due season. Amen. Due season. You've been doing something. That's why I tell people, be not weary in well doing. Amen. He said, you don't understand. I've just been serving. Keep serving him. God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love. He's not. One day, the book will be open. Hallelujah. And he will remember. If there's something to remember, he will remember. Glory to God. Am I communicating? Alright, so back to what I was trying to establish. So we are being trained, raised, prepared for governance. And one of the major things that happens to us is that between salvation and where responsibility is given to you, God would have brought you to a place where you have submitted to two things. Number one, the lordship of the word. Ever say the lordship of the word. Number two, the lordship of the spirit. Everybody say the lordship of the spirit. Good. See, some have gone through the school of the word, but they have not submitted to the school of the spirit. 
The Lordship of the Word. You read about patriarchs like David, King David. <laughs> you know, um, you know we, it is it, recorded that way in the Dick's Annotated Bible. They say that David had three anointings. The three anointings of David. They say the three anointings of David. Um, I don't quite see it like that, even if Dick said so. I see that he was anointed once. But at different stages, people recognized that he was anointed and gave him the authority that he had. What do we mean? David was anointed by Samuel. You read that in First Samuel chapter 16. He was anointed by Samuel. And Samuel was the only prophet that poured oil on David. But he didn't, we didn't see any throne. Amen. Because after he was anointed is when he went to kill Goliath. Are you understanding me? And there was a king, but he has been anointed. Years later, at the time he was anointed, maybe he was 17. Years later, we see the uh, men of Judah. Judah is a tribe in Israel. The men of Judah gathered. And then the Bible says, the men of Judah anointed David king of Judah. Praise the Lord. There was no prophet mentioned there. I don't think they had authority to anoint him. Amen. So I believe that what they did was just a formal ceremony to accept what Samuel had done. Amen. Am I complicating? Okay. So the men of Judah said, you are our king. And they respected him as king. He was there for like seven years. Then they got to Hebron. Then the Bible says the third one, which they call the third anointing, was that now the elders of Israel, amen, came to meet him and said, come and be our king. Not just of Judah. Not just of, no, there are 12 tribes, right? Not just Judah. The 11 tribes plus Judah were saying, come and be our king. Then the scripture now said, the elders of Israel anointed David to be king over Israel. I think that was Second Samuel 6. You know, they anointed him to king over Israel. Now, but you see something. From that time Samuel met him to when he became king of Israel, there were trainings of God. Amen. Are you understanding me? There were trainings of God. We saw him go up and down. We saw things go on in his life. God was preparing, preparing him for governance. Amen. And he ruled Israel for 33 years. That's the whole of Israel. Seven years for, for Judah. Are you listening to me? And that's why we now read in the New Testament. In Acts 13 verse 36. It says that David, after he has served his own generation by the will of God. Amen. Are we together? It's telling us that that means that, say he, that what God wanted is that this service is called to serve. He will do it by the will of God. Am I communicating? In the same way, God wants you to serve him by his will. Amen. So, as he's preparing you for governance, he will take you through the school of the word. The lordship of the word. Put Luke chapter 6. I'm almost out of time. Verse 46. Luke 6, 46. In Luke chapter 6, verse 46, it says there, Luke 6, 46, please. It says, and why call ye me, Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? That's lordship of the word. That means if you are submitting to God, you will submit to his word. There is the lordship of God's word. Now, you say, no, let me say this. The, the prayer you pray, the salvation prayer, you pray for Jesus to be your Savior and Lord. Is that also Savior and Lord? Lordship is a process. Amen. Are you listening to me? It's a process. That spiritual maturity is a process. To submit to the Lordship of the Word. 
Meaning that you have allowed your mind to be renewed. You are no more conformed to this world, but you are transformed by the renewing of your mind. That now you can distinguish between the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Are you listening to me? That's the lordship of the word. When you are coming to church, hearing God's word, doing devotional, doing all those things, hearing the word, listening to teachings, it is bringing you to the, to the word having lordship over you. The word is in control. You are not arguing. Do you know there are some believers still arguing with the word of God? Eh, I know, I know, the Bible says this, but me, I don't agree. <laughs> that means you have not submitted to the lordship of the word. I know, I know, the, the word of God says that uh, we should go to church every day, but ah, ah, God should understand that we are human beings now. You have not submitted to the lordship of the word. Hallelujah. What does the word do to you? In John 15, verse 3, it said, Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. That means the word comes to purge. Ever say purge. Ever say purge. Ever say purge. Now the purging of the word is such that as you are hearing the word, purging is not just cleaning. No. Anything that will not allow you grow to maturity, the word points at it for it to be cut off. Hallelujah. The impurities, the imperfections, the thoughts, the high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. The strongholds, amen. The imaginations. That can take time. Then we talk about the lordship of the spirits. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 3 verse 17. Put it up. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, emancipation, freedom from bondage. It's talking about the Lordship here. If you read previous verses, it was explaining to us that when People are reading the Old Testament. There's a veil over them, but that veil is taken away when the believer is in the Lord. And he said, the Lord that the scripture is talking about is the Spirit. Amen. Alright, the Lord is talking about, the Adonai is talking about is the Spirit. You know, because he's saying, he's not talking about the Father. He's not talking about the Son. He's talking about the Spirit. Glory to God. I hope you understand it. Do you know that some scriptures are specifically talking about the Father? Hello? This way you are looking at me like you didn't get it. Let me digress a bit. Second Corinthians 13, 14. I'll come back here. Let me give you an example. I said I was going to teach this morning. Why are you looking at me like that? Amen. In the, don't worry. Second service will just be loving. Second Corinthians 13, 14. The benediction. Thank you. Read with me. Want to go? The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Here he's talking about Father, um, the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit. The grace of who? 
The Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about the person of Christ. Jesus is the embodiment of grace. The law was given by Moses. Grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Jesus is the embodiment of grace. Hallelujah. So he said, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then the second thing is what? And the love of the Father. God there is not just his Father. The love of the Father. Every time the scripture has spoken about love, it always talks about the love of the Father. For God so loved the world. He's not talking about Jesus Christ so loved the world. It's the Father that so loved the world that he gave Jesus Christ. Amen. Are you with me? So this scripture is saying the grace of the Lord Jesus, the love of the Father, and the communion, the fellowship of the Spirit be with you. That means that as you go about what you are doing, there's something you always carry in your heart, that grace of the Lord Jesus, that love of the Father, amen, and the fellowship of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Be with you. Back to Second Corinthians 3.17. 2 Corinthians 3.17 Now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is there is liberty. You cannot be more liberated than how much you submitted to the Lordship of the Spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus had made me free from the law of sin and death. Romans 8.2 Are we together? So, that Lordship of the Spirit. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Time will fail me. I'm out of time. Listen. Do you know that the sanctification of the Spirit is an ongoing experience? That means that as you walk with God, He keeps setting you apart more for God. Now, if you have not submitted to the Lordship of the Word, you cannot really understand what we talk about the Lordship of the Spirit. Someone say, the Spirit of God led me to drop my salary for the first three months of the year. Do you know there is no scripture in the Bible that said you should do so? Amen? But because you are submitted to the Lordship of the Word, the Holy Ghost has started dealing with you in ways that He can give you specific instructions. Are you understand what I'm saying? Are you listening to me? He can give you specific instructions. So, now, when, there are some people that when they are learning, when they are being taken through um, that process of submitting to the lordship of the spirit some people will feel that they are crazy are you understanding me that's where you start hearing something telling you you wake up in the morning you want to go and say fast today don't eat amen then you fast that day the next day you think you are going to eat you say no today too fast don't eat the holy ghost is training you to submit to him amen you are in the car car going somewhere say that person by your right preach to him hey even good morning was hard for me to say. He has had a nice as you preach. How do I start? Then he says, his name is Emeka. Hey! Then you look at the person's face. It doesn't look like an Emeka. Then you say, good morning. He looks at you like, why are you greeting him? Making it more difficult. The Holy Ghost says, you must preach to him. Then you start by saying, I greeted you now, good morning. Say, Nana, you deceive me. Making it more difficult for you. You think the Holy Ghost will release you? Preach to him. You give yourself an excuse until you come down for the vehicle and the guy starts going. 
Then he picks a call. Said, now Emeka did this line now. He says, hey! He said, Emeka, ah, I would have done what the Holy Ghost told me to do. But he has gone. He will give you another chance. So. Are you understanding me? Another day, sir, by and by, someone, someone, by and by, an opportunity will come again. He said, do like this. Is that lordship of the spirit that he's trying to train you in? Amen. You cannot reign if that lordship of the word and the spirit is not established. Amen. No, you can't reign. You will spoil something. You will spoil something. There are some things that is not about John chapter 1 verse 1. It's about the voice you heard. Amen. Are you understanding me? There are situations that will arise. You have to know God. You have to have heard Him. Not, logic will not solve it. Amen. What scripture will you quote when you are between the Red Sea and chariots of Egypt? What scripture will you be quoting? He was talking now. Huh? Stand still and see the salvation of God. <laughs> Is it a lecture? God said, who told you to say that? Is that what I told you to say? Part the sea, my friend. Then he takes his rod. That is the lordship of the Spirit. Amen. That makes you do those kind of things. There was nobody before him that has lifted a rod before. Nobody. There's no example to follow. Amen. If you didn't hear God, then you wouldn't know what to do. He lifts up the rod and the sea parts. Glory to God. And they walk on dry ground. This year, <laughs> as you submit to the Lordship of the Spirit, you will see massive things happen in your life. Amen. So, you want to command resources, He will start with your resources. Amen. He will start giving instructions on your resources. Do like this. Do like this. Do like this. Do like this. <laughs> I think it was the um, um, Jeravasia of uh, Redeemed. He said that when his gratuity was paid, the Lord told him to divide it in three parts. The entire thing. He said, oh God, you want me to be broke <laughs> for life. Say, so divide it in three parts. Who does that? And send it to three different ministries. That's the lordship of the Spirit. Glory to God. <laughs> That's the lordship of the Spirit. Someone said he woke up. A minister said he woke up in the morning as he received his salary. The Lord told him, drop it on the altar. As he dropped it, he said, this is the last time you will collect salary. He didn't even discuss it with his wife. When the wife said, I, I, um, the monthly money, he said, is on the altar. <laughs> Amen. That's the lordship of the Spirit. The Spirit of God had told him to do that. You can be fighting. Before the Spirit of God starts giving those instructions, he has dealt with your character through the word. He has dealt with your understanding. Are you understand what I'm saying? Rise on your feet. Talk to God for one minute. Talk to God for one minute. There's a way you are quiet. I hope it's a holy, holy quietness. Amen. Just talk to God for one minute. Amen. Paros kepletiye telebos yobregadiete. Go prarikatos telebos bregadiete telebos bregadiete. We're going to take the communion at the gates, at the door, and the offering also at that point. Le pratos telebos pratis kataya patalabasha. Ramanto pledis kepleto shelebo predis keto shelebo brigadiete. Lapata shata la bahanda blodosko predieketeske. Romanta la bashata la bahanda blodosko predieketoso brigadiete. Oh, we bless you. We bless you. 
in the name of Jesus. I pray for everyone here to submit to the Lordship of the Word. And by your grace, submit to the Lordship of your Spirit. Let the testimony in our midst be that these ones are ready for governance. They are ready to reign and command resources in the name of Jesus Christ. And let people say loud amen. amen. Say loud amen. amen. Thank you for listening to this message. If you've been blessed, please reach us via WhatsApp on 090-8499-0878. You can also send us a message on info at faithtofaithonline.org. For more messages, log on to our 24-hour radio platform, radio.faithtofaithonline.org. Join us this Sunday at Renaissance Assembly for a live transforming experience at Plot 5, Sania Bachelor Road, GRA Phase 3, Port Harcourt. First service, 8 a.m. Second service, 10 a.m. Renaissance Assembly, the church of the moment and the church of the future. Yeah.